Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Been in this series called This Is How We Do It. And this series is about us looking at our core values. This thing of love God, love life, and live free. But it's not just talking about what those values are. It's, it's communicating how they feel when they're lived. What he just did was an exact example of that. You know, we've been, we've been talking about how we're a people that chase after God. Part of who we are is we are God chasers. We understand that if you park it in neutral, you won't stay there. You'll start to eventually drift backwards. So we are God chasers. We put that thing in drive like we just did in this moment. And we say, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. We are God chasers. So we say, we're going to give you our highest praise. That's what this series is about. It's saying, this is not just how we say it. This is how we do it. And this is what it feels like when we do this. We're going to wrap up this series today, but I want to remind you of uh, the, the things that we've talked about. The first one is we're, we're God chasers. You just experienced that. You know, one of the other things that, that J.D. shared is that we are fanatical fans of people. What that means is when you see something, you say something. We have no gossip of any kind, even positive gossip in this church. That's what it feels like is someone sees something great about you, someone sees something that you did, and they say something. You see somebody at work. It's not just about what happens here. It's how people experience you outside of here. And, and they experience something of you because of the values that are in you. That's what it's about. And last week, I loved it. I don't know about you, but it was really impactful for me because I cut the cord. See, the truth is, is we all walk around with baggage. We all walk around with, with past, but when we cut the cord, the, path that's, the past that seems to have been limiting us doesn't limit our future. We stop carrying around that stuff. And we say, you know what? This may have limited me in the past, but my God is a limitless God. And so I'm going to move forward without these limitations because I'm not going to carry around this baggage anymore. And we start to feel different, and God starts to use the things that we have in our hands to do more than we ever thought possible. That's how we do it. This is how we do it. I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to get to it in a minute, but you need to be ready. How many of you have heard of a guy named Louis Zamparini? I got some hands there. Yeah, Louis Zamparini. This will ring a bell to you. Um, how many of you have heard the book or seen the movie Unbroken? Louis Zamparini. Now it's connecting. Let me tell you a little bit about Louis Zamparini. Some of the highlights of his life are he was an Olympic athlete, which in and of itself is amazing, especially com coming from someone who thinks he's an athlete but his body tells him something different. He was an Olympic athlete, which is amazing. But he was also a war hero after spending 
a couple years in an internment camp. He would then go on and become an evangelist who was a great voice for reconciliation as he sought to forgive those who had abused him while he was in an internment camp. Whenever I hear about someone like that, read a story like that, I don't know about you, but it stirs a question in me. Is that kind of greatness made or is it born? How, how did he get there? Now, on my down days, I think he's just born that way. But when I read the story, I realize, no, he wasn't. He was a punk kid. If you were to, to read his story, what you would learn is that before Louis was even a teenager, he had been arrested multiple times for violence, vandalism, fighting. He was a troubled punk kid. But his story turned out different. Not because Louis was born great, but because somebody made a path for Louis. See, not everybody saw Louis as a punk kid. See, he had an older brother named Pete who saw that he could be something more than a punk kid if all that was in him, in him would just be put towards the right thing. And so his brother got around him and said, you may feel like this, but that's not who you are. You were made for something more, so let's go be more. And his brother taught him how to run track. That's what opened the door for Louis Zamperini to be something, to step into something. It's because someone looked at him and said, there's more in you than you think there is. And all of a sudden, a path appeared before Louis because somebody made a way. That's who we are. We are the way makers. And I want you to write this phrase down because this is the title of my message. A path appears. How many of you are waiting for a path to appear in front of you? You've got an idea. You've got a hope. You've got a dream. You've got something maybe you can't quite put the language around, but you feel it inside of you, and you think, there is something in me, and I just, if it could get out, if a path would appear in front of me, I know what is in me would release hope to this group of people. I know that this business, if I could just, if someone would just teach me how to do these few things, if, if the path would just appear before me, then I know it could help these people. But you're not sure how to make the path appear. You're not sure how to do it. See, we read stories all the time of people who've done incredible things, and we think, man, there's this whole like idea in our culture that, that says people carve their own path. No, they don't. Other people help them carve that path. Nobody's carved their own path on their own. If they say they have, it's because they're arrogant and they're wrong. But people help each other carve a path. Because you don't get there without someone helping you make a way. And so what we want to be is not the people that are so concerned about our path. We want to be the people that are concerned about their path. 
See, there's this idea that i got to climb my ladder. In order for me to, to make a difference, to have an impact, to, to really live my fullest life, then I've got to climb my ladder, reach my highest point. But I want to tell you, I think your life is going to have more meaning when you learn to hold someone else's ladder. When you learn to say, you know what? No, I'm going to help you get to where you're going. You know who has never worked out of a job? Someone who makes a way for somebody else. Those people are always in need. Those who, who develop others and make others great, those people are always in need. You know why? Because there's a deficit of them. But not in this house. Because we are the way makers. We're the ones who carve a path for others. We're the ones who look and say, a path appears. Because we believe in who you are. There's a relationship in Scripture that exemplifies this really well. In 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul, who's super famous in the Bible world, and he's done a lot of great things. He wrote most of the New Testament. He's got a protege. He's got a young mentor named Timothy. And Timothy becomes who he is because of Paul. Because Paul made a way for him. Because Paul looked at him and said, you can do great things. And it's not because Timothy, when you read the context of Scripture, it wasn't because Timothy was always the best. He was actually, Paul had to write to him a bunch of times and say, don't be timid. Don't be afraid. He even had to write to a church that Timothy was going to visit saying, hey, help him out. Put him at ease because he, he, he kind of gets scared. Timothy wasn't just the guy that, that charged into the room and took over. But Paul saw something in him. And what Timothy would become is one of the greatest church leaders in the early church. One of the most dynamic. He would end up leading the church in Ephesus, which is a city much like Austin in that day. That church in Ephesus, some scholars believe it would grow to be about 30,000 people. And Timothy led it. Phenomenal leader. Didn't get there on his own. A path appeared before him because someone saw who he could be and invested in him, helped him grow, gave him opportunities. And so he became more than he ever thought he would be. Because someone said, there's more in you, and I see it, than you think there is. And you can be better than you think you can. You can work harder than you think you can. You can do more than you think you can. And I'm going to help you. So open up that, that Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 4. You're already there. Good job. Wake up your phone. In this passage, it's about to say something really famous. It, it, it's about to talk to Timothy, and he says, young Timothy. How many of you have ever heard something like this in a, maybe a youth conference where Paul said to him, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You heard it as a teenager. You heard it as maybe an, a college student at some point. 
I'm about to encourage you with this, especially all of us older than 35. You're about to be really encouraged by Paul's words to Timothy. He goes on to say to him, don't let anyone look down upon you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of this scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, both you, yourself, and others will be saved through it. I want to give you a little context for this, for what's happening here. Paul's writing a letter to Timothy while he's in this city of Ephesus that we talked about earlier. If it helps you when we say Ephesus, insert Austin. Paul has sent Timothy to the church in Austin to help them grow because they got some challenges that they're facing in the midst of revival that is taking place. God's doing something in this, this very secular, modern city, but revival has broken out. And so Paul, who planted this church there, sends his mentor, his closest confidant, Timothy, to go help shepherd this thing. And apparently, he's running into some challenges because he writes him and he says, hey, don't let anyone look down upon you because you're young. Usually, we break this out at the youth conference because we, we want teenagers to feel inspired. Hey, you can lead out. You can lead the way. Why this is so encouraging to me when Paul calls him young is because Timothy was in his mid-40s when this was written. Seriously, a bunch of us just felt real encouraged. He says, don't, you know, but what he's not saying to Timothy, let's, let's move past the age, though that's deeply encouraging to me. What he's saying to him is, hey, Timothy, don't listen to people who tell you what you're not. Remember who you are. Don't listen to the people who point out what you don't have in your hand, the skills that you don't possess, the gifts that you weren't given. Listen to the people who remind you of what you do have, who encourage you in what you have been called to, who, who tell you who you are made to be. Listen to those people. Listen to those voices. Listen to those things. See, so often we start to hear the sound of what we can't do. You know, J.D. said it even a few weeks ago. I don't need somebody to tell me what I can't do. I'm, I'm very aware of that. What I need is somebody to see what I might be able to do. And I may not be able to do it today. This is what a waymaker does. A waymaker sees the value in somebody. And then champions them, both in, in their words, in their intentional development, and they give them opportunities. And so someone grows into something because someone saw value in someone. And said, you know what, now I'm going to invest in that value. I'm not just going to see it, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to put me 
into you, and I'm going to invest in you, and I'm going to give you development. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to set some high ceilings, which means I'm going to raise the bar for you. I'm going to call you to work harder, to develop things within you, but I'm going to give you opportunity along the way, and I'm going to let you fail. And when you fail, we're going to coach you through it, and you're going to get back out there, and you're going to do it again. Because you were made for something more. You were made to do incredible things. You know, um, a few years ago, I was asked to, to do a new job. I was asked to, to take over a church about six years ago, and to that point, I had never done it. And the guy who had asked me to, to take over for him, he was an incredibly dynamic personality, was a really gifted communicator. I mean, he was kind of one of those guys when he, would, when he would preach, you would like, you know what, I will go bite the bark off of trees because of what this guy just said. I will do anything. I feel so jacked up and inspired. And that's not necessarily the way I'm wired. And I remember looking at him as we're on this walk, and he's saying, hey, I want you, I want you to do this. You can do this. And I remember distinctly looking at him and saying, why on earth would you ask me to do this? I don't have this, 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 or this. And he just looked back at me and he said, I'm not asking you because of what you don't have. I'm asking you because of what you do have. You have exactly what this church needs to, to go forward. I didn't actually believe him in that moment. But it still filled me with a ton of hope. I had to think about that. I had to let it grow in me. See, sometimes what you see in someone, they won't see in themselves. And so you'll have to have faith for them. You'll have to believe for them. You'll have to look at them and say, you may not see it, but I do. I, I see who, who you're made to be. I see what is in you. I see that there's a path in front of you. That there's a way we can go. You can get there. Sometimes people have been so beat down that even when the word of hope is spoken over them, it needs to be spoken again and again and again. Because what happens is when you get beat down, you harden. It's called self-protection. We self-protect because we've been hurt. Because we're disappointed in how things turned out. And so if we can harden, we can protect. But a word of hope needs soft soil to grow. And sometimes when you, when you see something in somebody and, and you say it and you champion them, you say, I see the value in you. I see you. I see who you're made to be. I see what you're called to do. And I invest in you. Sometimes you have to, to keep sowing that seed so that it really settles in somebody and it begins to grow. Because you've got to break up that hard soil. 
You've got to get through those layers of self-protection. You've got to get through those years of disappointment. You've got to push past all those times where they failed or they didn't feel like they measured up. And you've got to say, you may not feel like it today, but I see who you're made to be. So I'm just going to keep getting after you. I'm going to keep speaking to you. I'm going to keep telling you the value that you have. Yeah, I think the, the thing that's really helpful here too, when we see this and, and understand what, what a way maker really does, is they don't just say something. There's real value in seeing who somebody's made to be and speaking that to them. And we're those kind of people. We've already talked about that. We're fanatical fans of people. We see something, we say something, whether it's something they did right or whether it's something that's just in them. But what takes it to the next level, what makes us even more of who we are, is we invest our lives in people to help them get there. We invest in them. And we say, no, I see this, and I'm actually going to help you get there. I believe so much in who you are and what you can do that I am going to give myself and my time and my energy and my resources to helping that thing grow within you. And I love that Paul tells Timothy, he's, he says four different phrases in this one passage. He says, set an example, devote yourself, don't neglect, and be diligent. You know what he just told him to do? You got to work, son. Get to work. You've got some work to do, Timothy. You want to be all that you've been called to be? You've got some work to do. Let's go. You've got a job. Now let's go be it. Let's, let's dig in. Let's find some resources. Let's get some coaching. Let's get some development. You want to start a business? Great. Who's going to be your mentor? Who's going to teach you how to start a business? You need to go find an entrepreneur who's actually made it, and you need to go get coached by them. You need to learn some lessons. You want to communicate in front of people? Great. It's time to take some classes. It's time to learn how to do some of the skills that you want to do. It's time to really develop yourself. That's putting value on someone. Sometimes we think it's, it's, sometimes we can think it's being mean. Like setting a high standard or setting a high bar for someone. It's not at all. It's actually placing a ton of value on them. Saying, I believe in you so much that I'm actually going to challenge you to be more than you think you can be. I'm going to develop you. I'm going to challenge you to be more. You know, we, J.D. and I meet every week for, for management. He's my boss. And so, so we meet every week. And I've told him this a hundred times, but I've never felt more championed by anyone in my life than that guy. And, but just even a few weeks ago, we were sitting at Whole Foods. Our office is mobile. 
And so it changes from day to day. We were at the office of Whole Foods, and we were just talking about work, goals, challenges, and he just asked some questions around, hey, what's, what's in your heart? What do you want to do? You know, dream bigger. And shared some things. He's like, absolutely, you can do that. I see this, this, and this in your life. You can totally do that. Spoke so much value to me. He said, all right, now how are you going to get better at those things? What, what are you going to do to develop those skills? What books are you going to read? What classes are you going to take? Who are you going to spend time with to get better? You know what I didn't feel? I didn't feel beat up. I felt believed in. I felt that someone believed so much in what I could do that they would say, all right, now how are you going to get there? How are you going to get there? What are the things that you're going to do to actually move forward down that path now that it's appeared in front of you? For it's one thing for the path to appear in front of you. It's another thing for you to walk it. See, we're ones who make the path appear, but let's not leave them just standing at the front of the path, wondering what to do next. Let's take them by the hand and say, this is how you walk down this path. This is how you move forward. This is how you take this next step. And I love that Paul continually did that for Timothy. Paul had met Timothy about 15 years before this. And continually he had sent him out to other churches to encourage them. Sometimes he had to come back and report things weren't going well. That, you know, there was a, at one point Paul sent him to another church and said, hey, there's a problem going on there. I need you to take this letter. I need you to read it to them. And I need you to, to help work on this problem. Paul had to come back pretty quick. I mean, Timothy had to come back pretty quick because he, he didn't do a very good job of diffusing the challenges. And he had to come, Paul, come back to Paul and say, hey, it's not working. I need you to write another letter. <laughs> but Paul sent him back out again. He risked on it. He continued to take chances on him. He continued to believe in him. He continued to see, even when he hadn't measured up, even when Timothy was still carrying around his baggage and he hadn't quite cut the cord yet, he still believed in him. And he still said, you know what? Just because you didn't make it, I'm not going to wall up the way that was made for you. I'm actually going to keep knocking down the walls that get in your way so that you can make a way for others. Because who you are, Timothy, is you're one who's meant to make a way for others. That's what we're calling out in people. You can do something great, but you can also make people great. He would go on to tell Timothy, Timothy, everything that I've given you, take it and entrust it to others. Who are going to entrust it to others? Timothy, every way that I've made for you, go and make a way for somebody else. See, because in our culture, what it tells us is that we've got to get ours. We've got to climb our ladder. But we get ours when they get theirs. When we make a way for others, that's when we live our best life. When we say, you know, it's not about me getting mine. It's about me making a way for somebody to step into who they were made to be. The reason we live that way is because Jesus lived that way. Jesus stepped down from heaven so that you and I could have a way. He stepped down from a place so that you and I could step into that place. 
Jesus became a man just like each one of us. And he lived a life that's worthy of following. And he looked at his followers one day. He said, you want to know how to step into the greatness that God has for you? You want to know how to step into the relationship that God has for you? You want to know how to be close to God again? I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm your way. Follow me and you'll find the way. We make a way for others because a way was made for us. We carve a path for others because Jesus, when he hung on that tree and he took our sin on himself, he made a path for us, a path that we couldn't make on our own. He made a way for us so we will make a way for them. He saw the value in us so we will see the value in them. We will believe in who they're made to be. We will fight for them. We will champion them. We will set them up because he did it for us. Will you stand with me?